You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a to the Lux Calor International Sports on a Sunday morning oh, yeah. on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. The interview we did, and now we're live. Hi, everybody. Carolyn Kendall Betts with us. So we're just chatting off air. Don't, don't mind us. But I was saying that the interview that we did on stage at the baseball writers dinner with Bill DeWitt Jr. and um, Chris Zimmerman. Actually, let's start with that. This is the CEO of MLS for the Lou. I'm very, very happy she's with us on the Garage Happy Hour. Let me start with that before we do anything. What was that? We, the, the four of us, were on stage at the Baseball Reds Dinner in front of a big crowd, and here you were with representatives from the Cardinals and the Blues. That was one of many cool moments for you, I'm certain. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's, I've gotten to know Chris just through being a season ticket holder with the Blues. You know, and of course, Bill being on some boards with them. So I, I think so highly of both of those gentlemen. Um, but to, you know, be up there with them included in their group. I mean, it's really, truly an honor. And um, so both of them have been so helpful. You know, anytime you have any questions, just call me and, and, and it's sincere. Um, so I happen to, I, th- I, I have so much respect for both of those gentlemen. And actually the, the teams, um, the teams below them that have helped me as well. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was definitely a wonderful distinction for sure. Yeah, it's great. I'm sure you've learned a lot from them already, and we'll talk about that as well as being part of the St. Louis scene. We are so excited to have you on the show, a show that you watch. Your garage looks a lot better than mine, though. This is yeah. <laughs> so actually, my garage looks like a golf galaxy because of my husband, and I refuse to let anybody see it but family. I have a strict <laughs> do not look in my garage rules, so I had to use my living room or my office, whichever one you want to pick. The awesome Adam Betts uh, from Family Golf Center uh, right there in, uh, at uh, right off Marshall Road at uh, Big Ben at 270 near there. He's just uh, he's one of the best guys, and you know, I actually met him before I met you. And, uh, you know, even though we we had a lot of mutual friends, I grew up with Christy Taylor and, and knew the Taylor family very well. But uh, what a great guy he is. So say hi to him for us. Um, I, I love having you on the show. I know also I'm flattered and honored that you have watched the show. That you watched <laughs> the Garage Happy Hour. I do. Well, I just like, you know, I've got to watch sports now, right? Never really my go-to programming um, but over the last two years, you know, there and it, it, there's so much you need to learn. And so it certainly helps in conversations when people automatically think that because you work for a professional soccer team that you automatically are a sports expert. So whenever I can find, especially short, 30 minutes is perfect. I'll put on my headset when I'm walking, working out, watching you. So, no, I do appreciate it. And I, I your guests have been fascinating. And so um, it's a great way to 
you know, obviously entertain myself, but also learn a lot as well. So I've appreciated them quite a bit. Well, thank you. And we've had some fun with them. And, you know, I, uh, I have a connection with all of them and a, and a connection with you. And I really love what you've done for St. Louis. And you hit us with two big pieces of news back to back last week and, and earlier this week. So we wanted to make sure that we got you on the air to talk about it. So two things. Well, first of all, you know, as, as you well know, you got to take care of your sponsors. So this is Overhead Door Company of St. Louis has sponsored the Garage Happy Hour. I believe this is our 16th show, which is remarkable. This started as just me sitting around drinking a beer and engaging our listeners, and now we have all these great guests. And, and if you mention the Garage Happy Hour when you call Overhead Door Company of St. Louis, they'll tune up your garage door for the low price of $79.95, which is great. And thank you so much. They jumped in right away. So I appreciate the, the support very much. Um, but you hit us with two pieces of news last week. So the first one was that MLS was moving – you back one year, pushing it back to 2023 amid this pandemic, completely understandable. Let's start with that. How did that come about? And uh, what was your initial reaction when, when that started to, to come to fruition? Well, you know, I think back at the beginning of March when, you know, you started to realize that we were truly in a pandemic crisis mode and not knowing the future, not knowing, you know, how long we're going to be working from home and sort of watching everything as we know it stands still. We had to kind of pull out our timeline, really think about, you know, what are we going to do? Because we certainly didn't want to be under the gun. Well, at the same time, every sport collectively was having to, you know, think about that and what was best, um, you know, for the health of MLS and everything else. And so I think that we sort of mutually came to the table and kind of collectively walk through everything. So certainly August 20th of 2019, you don't expect to hear you're gonna get delayed a year. But after really thinking about it, um, I would say there's probably 10 minutes of a little bit of sadness, but then it was, wow, this is a great thing. I mean, we can really use this time to engage fans, capitalize on things that we might've had to rush, you know, spart- you know, pon- sponsorship and partnerships. It gives us another time to go vet what our actual team will look like and our club will look like. And so honestly, there was a little bit of relief because now it's okay. Now we get to do things on our terms and how we want to do them and be as thorough and as complete as possible. And we're not trying to chase a deadline. So the other side too, the exciting side is the stadium is still scheduled to be done the middle of 2022. And so we're excited about the opportunities um, of all the programming we can do. World Cup parties, because the World Cup's been pushed off to the end of the year. Um, you know, hopefully music festivals, um, nonprofit events. And so we're excited because we kind of get to break in the stadium, if you will. So when we have that first match, it will be an incredible epic year with hopefully very little challenges because we've been able to work through them. <laughs> That's actually a great point, and that's good to hear. So everything is moving along quite well, and, and I'm sure, you know, all the health and safety precautions are definitely a challenge, but it sounds like everything has worked very well from that standpoint. It's been a very safe process. You know, I will say that our construction partners and our joint venture, joint venture general contractors have taken this very seriously per direction of ownership, but also it's right. We need to have a safe and healthy site for our employees. So there's very strict protocol. They've been working well with city officials, health officials. And, you know, so far, I think we were 174 days in without any sort of incident and, you know, knock on wood, that's what we need. We need the safety of everybody down there to be first and foremost. And um, so, and I thank all the employees for doing, you know, every morning, temperature check, health check, 
but um, it's yeah it's, for sure. It's great to be able to say that it's a safe and healthy site for sure. No, it's good, and, and so then you have the decision is made, and was it made? When was it made that you said, you know what, it's time. It is time. We've been holding this thing under wraps for a while. We are going to reveal what everyone's been buzzing about since you first said you were going to have this team, since we did that big event at the Palladium, which was unbelievable, by the way. I want to ask you about that. That was an incredible afternoon. Uh, But you decided, you know what, we're going to do this. We're going to announce the team name, the colors, the crests, the whole thing. How did that come about as well? That'll be August 13th. Yes. So if the real story is we were actually trying to do it in February, um, but we had to work through some stuff with MLS, uh, work through some stuff with Adidas. And so it kept getting delayed. And then, you know, here we are March 1st. So we've actually been sitting on this for a couple months, um, but great opportunity. I've got to tell you, the team is amazing. We got to fine tune things. We got to really think through things. You know, but of course, you know, like I said, we've got a crisis. And so we just tried to wait until we felt like um, it was the right time. Um, It would be well received. But also, too, we also had to think about how are we going to do this? You know, we were talking about having 2000 people at an iconic St. Louis venue to now. How do you move it to virtual? Um, How do you make sure that everybody can be a part of it without actually physically being a part of it? And so, again, the people at Cannonball, Weber Shanwick, our team personally, they got very creative. Um, they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have fans just in a different way. And so once we kind of worked through all the details, it was like, yes, this is it. Um, and so I think you saw that Charlotte announced their name yesterday. So I think we really wanted Charlotte to go first. And finally, I said, that's it. We're picking a date. I'm done. Here's the date. Let's go. I'm excited. Everybody's excited. And that's how we landed. It, it really was just kind of a mm, August 13th looks good. Yeah, that's good. Everybody's announcing dates. You got the Seattle Kraken and the Washington. Well, Washington hasn't done it yet. Washington football team, they said today. You had Charlotte Football Club, Charlotte FC. You like? I like the simplicity of that, actually. I thought the in the logo, the crest looks good. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, I love that they brought the Tar Heel blue into it. Yeah. Love the minted. I mean, you know, just the originality that went into that concept and that design. Um, but I'm kind of with you. I think the simplicity of just naming it Charlotte FC was a great call on their part. Um, I'm also excited that there's a professional MLS team in that part of the, the country. So I think that that's just going to allow for more rivalries, um, but also, you know, just more exposure. So I wish Charlotte the best. Congratulations. You know, certainly want to be a partner off the pitch, but a competitor on the pitch. Yeah, that's a great town. That's Mike Schultz town, the Cardinals manager. Charlotte. Yeah. He loves Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so how many suggestions do you think you received over the, that whatever it was year or so as to what your team name should be? Well, so when we opened it up to the public, we had over 6,000. <laughs> um, I would say that, I mean, I, I couldn't honestly begin to even guess because I had, you know, fr- some of my friends, their sons would call me and leave me a voicemail, Facebook messages. Um, I would say probably 8,000, but interesting that there was um, a few words, not necessarily names, that kind of floated to the top. So, you know, the city is very proud of certain words. And so it was exciting when you kind of saw that even though you had this incredible number, it actually took about five or six keywords. And then that's how we sort of whittled it down to the name that we eventually chose. 
Isn't that neat? Uh, and that, that had to have felt good to know that people care that much and are that much excited. Like, it's one thing to have you're out in the media and certainly it's a huge story to cover, but to physically receive that many responses is really something. Well, and it was so cute because you could tell like what little kids were studying in school, you know, or this is my favorite food. Can we please be the St. Louis toasted ravioli? I mean, it was so adorable. And the thought that people put into this, I mean, it was awesome to see, you know, I got almost an entire marketing plan from somebody. And so it was really cool to see that energy and that excitement. Um, and we've got a lot of really smart people in this region, or maybe I've just never named a professional sports team before, but the creativity was off the charts. Cool. Very cool. Did people like have artist renderings or like, you know, throw you all kinds of logos and, and things like that? Not so much of the artist renderings, um, but yes, logos. Um, you know, here should be, you know, here should be your mascot, which I absolutely had to chuckle because I didn't know what a piacel was. <laughs> so I, I actually got a really good history lesson. Um, I got a soccer cultural lesson as well. But uh, no, it was just, it was, it, it, again, it was so exciting. And like, like I said, you know, the creativity, the time that people took, the thought they put into it. So it was, it was awesome to see. So August 13th is the announcement. Let us know, and we'll we'll repeat it again at the end. But how does this work? So I know that you, you on your website immediately you said you know we're going to select I think it was seven hundred or so fans to participate in a virtual event. How does that all go down? So we're going to make cardboard cutouts of these seven hundred and fifty fans, and then stage them around the Harris Stowe Auditorium. So while you're not there in person, you're there in cardboard. And then um, we'll stream. I think we've got obviously some videos and then we've got some other surprises up our sleeve for events that'll go on for most of the day. Okay, good. And it's MLSfortheloo.com. You can still sign up, I believe, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. Still live. Still live. MLSfortheloo. So fans can participate and get involved in that on August 13th. This is, uh, this is really something, isn't it? To know that you will have an impact on a city. You know St. Louis, you are from St. Louis, you understand St. Louis, and so does your family. A very passionate sports city. Let's go back to what we said in the very beginning, to be able to join the Cardinals and the Blues and others. I mean, you know, we're talking also St. Louis FC has really made its mark and has had a great following and, and so much more college and pro. What an unbelievable sports city this is. I mean, I know we're from here and, and we're biased in this way, but... I don't know of a city where sports means more to it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You, you know, I think one of the things, um, and I know that it's not here anymore, but the XFL and the, the crazy support for that, that really helped our story. You know, we kept trying to say, and I think MLS believed us, but until you see a brand new franchise come into St. Louis, sell out games, potential extra seats, you know, but the ticket sales for the women's national team, the men's national team, the friendlies, you know, I, I joke around. I'm like, open traditionally, the old opening day of Cardinals baseball, that's a, that's a national holiday in St. Louis. I mean, I know that 75% of my staff is going to ask for the day off. And so to be able to go and tell that story is amazing. But then when you find out, wow, you know, I, I've got a very high mark here that I have to live up to, you know, and I'm confident we'll get there. But from a fan experience, a loyalty, 
um, every word that's positive about that. We have a high bench. You know, Blues fans are crazy Blues fans. Cardinals fans are crazy Cardinals fans. FC fans, exactly what you said. So we have our work cut out for us. Um, but I think that just, as you said, the reason the region in general is so supportive of sports teams that I'm confident will have the fan base, but you certainly want to exceed their expectations. Yeah, like you won't have to teach St. Louis soccer fans very much about the game. That's the other great thing. I mean, what, what have you learned about, you mentioned it earlier, but the soccer community, how far back it goes, is yeah. unbelievable, right? Generation to generation. So I think I saw a question pop up. The answer is, I never played soccer. So, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. But <clears throat> it's so exciting to figure out yet another little piece of St. Louis's history. And the, my friends that are like, oh, my gosh, you know, my, my child played in Gallagher. Or I played Lou Hughes. And grandparents, I've spent, you know, decades of my life going to my, you know, my kids' soccer games, my grandkids' soccer games. Um, it was very reinforcing. I mean, you had heard that. But when you get deep into it and you've committed to, I'm going to get this team and we're going to do this, you just see, I mean, this this town is crazy for soccer. And so it's nice to already have that base established. But like I said, you know, you just, you've got to make that bar set high. So it's always got to be exceeding expectations. Yeah, I mean, you have SLU is going to be just off to your west, that great college soccer tradition. You were down, you and Jim Cavanaugh received the Jack Buck Award at the Missouri yeah. Athletic Club. And that was yeah. that was a great night. You know how much soccer means uh, to downtown in that area. The Herman Trophy, the college soccer, the, the Heisman Trophy of college soccer is awarded down there at, at the Missouri Athletic Club. By the way, that was a fun night too, wasn't it? The, yeah. the Jack Buck Awards in front of that crowd. What was that like? You know, it's... Um... For me, it's a it's a new experience, so it's very exciting because I'm not I look at it with new eyes, and <clears throat> you know it's kind of nice being accepted into that club and that family because the soccer world here, I believe, is a family, and so you know I get giddy, but you know some in some cases this is like everybody's seeing their old friends, so it's sort of like you know when I started my career at Enterprise and I was the new kid on the block trying to figure out how to navigate it, and now I go to Enterprise and I'm like, hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? You know, I've got this, so. Right. Um, it's all just so, I mean, again, it's exciting and it's exciting to hear the feedback and the support, you know, these days are hard, you know, and you find out something and you're like, oh no. And you know, it's that one person that makes that nice comment. You've got this, we're standing behind you. How do I get my season tickets? We're so proud of you. It, it, it reinforces why you're doing this and why you get up every day and why you figure out what, not issue, but it was called opportunity. You're going to handle that day. So it's been wonderful. The set outside the Palladium, the the day that you announced and you had the commissioner there and you had Taylor Twelman there and you had all the media there and everything set up, that was some show. I mean, that was like a, a little rock concert inside that great venue in St. Louis. And what was going through your mind when it finally happened? Well, I, I think it was one of those things where you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh, we did this, you know? And then it's like, oh my gosh, we did this. So, you know, you, you get so excited and, you know, you're high energy, but then you're like, my work has actually just begun because <laughs> now I have to deliver on this. You know, but the commissioner is such a sweet, wonderful man and his excitement, um, but you do have this moment where you're like, I could ball at any minute. And I don't know if it's because I'm tired or because I'm just overcome with emotions. But when you come from such a competitive family like the Kavanaugh's and the Taylors, you're like, 
yes, I did it. You know? So it was, it was just, it was a, it was a surreal moment. It, it'll only happen once. And so, you know, people kept saying, you've got to take it in, you've got to take it in. And I did, but you know, you kind of walk out of there and you're like, Oh, okay. Awesome. Now I got to build a stadium. Now I got to get it. (laughs) This was actually the easy part of this process now that I'm through it. But the excitement was just overwhelming. Carolyn Kendall-Betts, CEO of MLS for the Lou, part of my Garage Happy Hour series, and we were live last week. We do it every Thursday at 5.30. You can go to the Camo Exports Facebook page to watch the rest. She also talks about the fact that she is part of the first female-led ownership group in MLS history and how that is making history and paving the way for young women, girls all over the world in sports. I, I don't even think she realizes how much of an impact this is going to make once this team is a success. When we come back, the successful St. Louis Cardinals, led by President of Baseball Operations John Mozeliak, they're 2-0. and Mo joins us next. It's sports on a Sunday morning. It's 1127. From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 1131. Again, thanks to Carolyn Kendall Betts, part of my Garage Happy Hour. She was on Thursday. It was a lot of fun. Now joining us every Sunday at 1130, like he always does, it's the president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak. Mo, thanks again for doing these on Sundays. And a great start to the season for your club, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, uh you know, it's different, um, you know, attending games with uh, out fans. But if you do close your eyes, you feel like you're at a normal game just with the background noise and, and how they're doing it. So they've really done just a great job with uh, with creating that atmosphere. But, you know, overall, you know, it's, it's great how we're playing. It was uh, nice to see Adam Wainwright get through that second inning yesterday because, uh, you know, clearly the heat might have been getting to him. But, he persevered, and uh, then we were able to, to put some hits together and put some runs on that board, so that was exciting. What a piece of history there. He is able to go into the same category as Bob Forsh in terms of winning baseball games, 163. Uh, only Bob Gibson and Jesse Haynes have more on the Cardinals' all-time list. What an unbelievable performer he's been since he came into the organization, Mo. Oh, yeah, and as good as he is as a pitcher, he's that much better as a person. And, uh, you know, you think about a lot of the success that the Cardinals have had over these past two decades, and you look, you're going to look back in time and, and realize the importance of, of Adam Wainwright to this organization, Yadier Molina to this organization, and, and how much they really helped shape where we are today. And, uh, you know, grateful to call him a friend, grateful that he was on our team. And, uh, you know, certainly lucky we, we ended up with Adam Wainwright back in uh, the offseason of 03 to 04. And always there for anybody who needs it. If you need somebody to lift your spirits or give you some advice or tell it to you straight, I'm certain that, well, today's pitcher, for instance, Dakota Hudson. What a nice luxury to have an Adam Wainwright a couple lockers away to be able to talk to him. And and Dakota has shown that great improvement. He was good last year. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's like today. Well, that's really my point, is is that Adam has is, is mentored so many players and pitchers that have come through here. And, 
you know, really when you talk about building culture, it's, it's having players like that, that that help create it. And so, you know, obviously a Dakota Hudson has, has someone to lean on, to learn from, and uh, it most certainly will help him grow as a, as a pitcher in this league. But, you know, that, that's the benefit of having those types of players. Paul Goldschmidt, Paul DeYoung, 3-4 in the order, looking pretty strong so far. The offense and Matt Carpenter had a big hit. I don't want to leave anybody out, but, I mean, Tyler O'Neill's been hitting. Dexter Fowler's been hitting. So far, so good for your offense, John Mosellock. Yeah, they look like they're taking really smart at-bats, um, aggressive when they need to be. And, uh, you know, I felt like the O'Neill at-bat yesterday when he ended up uh, getting that walk was, was something indicative of what you're really seeing throughout the lineup. And, you know, trying to remain disciplined, not chasing, and uh, um, really understanding when to attack in your zone. So, you know, I think from a, a strategic standpoint, it's it's been fun to watch. You got to keep it going, of course, and today's a new day. But the first two um, uh, really were, if they're indicative of our season, that's going to be really good news for us. You have a lot of good young players, and we know everybody's excited to eventually see Dylan Carlson in that major league situation. But Lane Thomas gets that start today in center field. This guy's no slouch. I mean, Lane Thomas can hit. He can play, and he's your starting center fielder today. Mike Schilt telling us last hour, that's not a slight to Bader. Bader, he thought, has looked good. Bader scored a couple of runs yesterday, but Harrison gets a day, and, and maybe more importantly, Lane gets an opportunity, John. Well, it really just shows you the depth, and, and that's what I've been trying to articulate for the last you know, five, six months, is, is that this outfield is, is crowded. We've got to sort through it. We've got to determine who, which guys are our long-term solutions. But, you know, very, very small sample size, obviously, and um, getting Lane Thomas and a bat is going to be something that that's really critical um, in the early part of this season. And so it's, you know, unfortunately that means someone's going to have to sit. And I think the tough part is when you have an off day on Monday, another one later in the week, you, you don't really feel like you need those off days yet. And, uh, but the way the schedule rounded out for us was, you know, we, we, we ultimately have, three opening days and so that's why you you end up having those off days so you know got to make the most of it schedule's a schedule and uh you know hopefully uh players understand when they are asked to sit what was it like for you emotionally on opening day it was uh, the a different one than any of us have ever experienced in our lives yeah i had a couple thoughts as i was sitting there and uh i ended up sitting in section 265 row five, seat 12, which is the exact place I sat for about 125 days every day, and I had my lunch. And a lot of people might ask, like, why would you sit there? But remember, this was early March when we, we shut the season down, pandemic was, was just taking hold, and that seat actually got sunlight in late March, and it would be a place to go warm up. And that's where I had lunch every day. And so I decided opening day I'd sit there. And as I watched the game, you know, it was definitely surreal in the sense that, look, we finally got back here, we're playing. But it, And there was, a, like, a part of me that was, like, emotionally happy, drained, and and relieved. So it was a lot of emotions up there. But it was it was fun to watch. And, um, you know, obviously the outcome was, was, was poetic in the sense of we started it and we won. And so it was good. 
And there was, uh, of course, the pregame ceremony as well. And we've talked to Mike Schultz about this and Bill DeWitt Jr. about uh, unity. And uh, there, you can express unity and togetherness in many different ways. It's also been a very important year in our society. And the Cardinals and Major League Baseball had that on display as well on Friday, John. Yeah, obviously, this has been a pretty polarizing moment in time and, and one that I think that, that if people really you know, took a step back and, and looked at, at what this team's trying to do and trying to accomplish, we're standing up for our teammates. And, and if that takes a, a broader stance of what we're trying to do from what's happening in society, um, you know, that's what we're going to do. But, you know, ultimately – I felt like that that moment and the respect we were showing for what's happening is something that we had to do, not just from Major League Baseball standpoint, but from the Cardinal standpoint and from our player standpoint. And we want this to be an inclusive place for our fans to come, for employees to work, and for our players to work. And that's our goal. Cardinals go for the sweep today. These wins are precious, no doubt about it. They always were, but now with 60 games Two wins is huge for the team as they move forward and try to get a sweep today. And then you go on the road, and that's a new set of challenges for you. I know we've talked about this over and over, about going on the road. It'll be very important for the players to uh, follow what is essentially a the same, but then a new set of rules because you're doing some things that you haven't done as a group yet. Right. Obviously, the, the, the past month, we've, we've shown that we can keep this group together in a, a safe environment and, you know, whatever routines everybody was experiencing, whether it was come to the ballpark, work out, and then go home, we were following it. Now you, you add some new variables in that. You're, you're getting on buses, you're getting on airplanes, you're getting into hotel rooms. So there's certainly going to be some challenges along the way, but those are those are tests, right? And if we can pass them, good for us. And I'm anxious to, to get on the road. I'm anxious to see what it's like. And, um, you know, I, I, like I said all along, every day we learn something new. So it's just a learning experience as we go. And uh, hopefully uh, next time I'm talking to you next week, I'll be able to share with you how that's really unfolded. We look forward to that, and as your radio partner, we will be bringing all of it to you from here so people know our broadcasters will be watching on monitors, and they will have a lot of monitors, so they'll be able to see everything, hear everything, and I agree with you. I think that especially just from our standpoint, but both television and radio, uh, the ability to bring as much of the atmosphere as you can to create some normalcy is certainly important. And we look forward to, to doing as much of that as we can and, and getting into our own routine, John Mosellock. Well, I hope so. And, um, you know, obviously things that I've heard from, from our fans is they're, they're just excited we're back on, whether they're watching it on TV or listening to it on Camel X, but, you know, it's, it's certainly a welcome for for what this past four months have been like. So I know people are excited about it. Day by day. And the Cardinals with a 9-1 win yesterday over the Pirates. 5-4 win on Friday. Dakota Hudson and the Cardinals at one fifteen today. John Mozeliak, always a pleasure. Have a great day and safe travels. All right. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. We'll be back in just a moment. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. Back after this. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calor International Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. On 
America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Young homered in the eighth inning last night. He swings, a line drive, base hit to left field. That scores Bader. Right behind him, Colton Wong. Wong scores standing, a two-run single for Paul DeYoung, and the Cardinals lead 5-1 to one over the Buccos. Paul DeYoung with the big hit yesterday to give the Cardinals a little breathing room. They were up 5-1, to one and they won it by the count of 9-1. to one. Here's Paulie. Starting point, and, uh, you know, we're watching the game and learning the opponent just to kind of do, we do our best to make plays for our pitcher. And uh, Colton and I have a chip on our shoulder to try to make every play for our guys and, you know, we worked uh, hard all off season and even during the quarantine to, to keep our defense up and, uh, and basically stay locked in. Uh, you know, only a 60 game schedule, so we're we're laying it all out there every day. I believe that good defense translates into good offense, and they work hand in hand. If you're going well at the plate, you're even better in the field, and that is exactly what happened to Colton Wong. He's been great defensively throughout his career, but his offense is starting to come around and uh, over the last couple of years, and you see the confidence just ooze from him, and you're seeing it from Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung is going to be a very good player in this league for a long time. I, I don't know how great, but I can tell you, time will tell. He has great mental uh, stability, I would say. He just has this... You can sense it. He does not look too far in the past. It's all about what am I doing right now, and he doesn't play the what-if game either. He's about concentrating on today, and Paul DeYoung is going to be a really good player in this game. Paul Goldschmidt is a good player in this game, and he launched a home run yesterday, and the Cardinals were off and running, and they won the game 9-1 to over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Game three of this series coming up at one fifteen. There's a little bit of news around Major League Baseball regarding the Miami Marlins. We'll get to that story coming back after the break and then take you to pregame at 1220. I'm Tom Ackerman. Sports on a Sunday morning continues right after this. From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calor International Sports on a Sunday morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Mike Schultz locked in, I thought. I thought last hour he's locked in. I mean, he's always fun, and I thought he was really good today. But he's a little locked in. I mean, he's very much, uh, I wouldn't say defensive necessarily, but very, uh, he's following through on his decisions. When I asked about Kwon Young Kim last hour and mentioned that Kim is kind of working into a new role, he said, actually, he's not. He he has he has worked in the back end of games. I mean, he does not have a career save until Friday, but the Schultz point is that Kim has worked as a relief pitcher in the KBO and in Korea. So it's not the first time that he's worked, but it is the first time that he has earned a save. We can tell you that. I mean, he's not been necessarily a closer uh, through his career. He's been a starting pitcher. At the same time, uh, Schultz has the idea that Kim can be a very good closer for this team because he works fast, because it, uh, maybe not as much that, but that he can throw multiple pitches for strikes and that he has experience. I think the other thing is that KK is giving these batters a different look. There's not a very much on KK right now that you can go for. So it's a bit of a mystery what's coming out of his hand and when and why. And perhaps at the back end of a game, that could be very effective for them. It's something to keep an eye on for sure. The Cardinals' starter today is Dakota Hudson, ground ball machine. And as long as he cuts down on walks, which he was doing in spring training, 
Uh, he is going to be a good starter for this team. This Cardinals rotation, though, will really go when Carlos Martinez is back to his old self. And if that is the case, they're going to be tough to beat. He will start on Tuesday against the Twins. They're going to flip-flop those just to give Michaelis a little more time. Miles will start on Wednesday against the Twins. That's the plan right now. Um is to go with uh, Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, Dakota Hudson today, and then to move forward with Carlos and then uh, Miles Michaelis. So it gives him a little extra day of rest. Uh, the Marlins have scratched their starter today, Jose Urania, against the Phillies. The Marlins did not disclose the reason, uh, but John Heyman of MLB dot or MLB Network, and he's also part of our uh, Radio.com family. So reading his report, the Marlins, he says he's heard Urania plus two starting position players tested positive. He said Florida is a hot spot. And so he tweeted that he can't say that this is shocking. Heyman saying Marlins had three players test positive prior to return to spring training 2.0 plus one on intake, went three weeks in Miami camp with no positives, which is pretty amazing considering Florida's recent record, but have three new positives now, reporting Heyman. He says they've been on the road, Atlanta and Philadelphia, since Tuesday. So the Marlins are going with Robert Duggar. Cole, is that a relative of yours? Robert Duggar against Philadelphia's Vince Velasquez Velasquez today uh, in that series finale. The Cardinals are 2-0 and on the season. They are leading the National League Central right now. After two games, they're only one of three teams in Major League Baseball undefeated. The other ones are the Padres leading the Dodgers in the National League West and the Astros, who are off to a 2-0 start, leading the pack in the AL West. I think the team to really pay attention to for the Cardinals is this next opponent after today. Well, you want to pay attention to the Pirates today. Don't let them get you. But starting Tuesday and Wednesday, they are going to play a very good Minnesota team. Minnesota Twins are legit. They are my pick to win the AL Central, and that will be the opponent starting Tuesday and then Wednesday. The Cardinals, as John Mosellock said, do have some off days coming up in between. So they have a Monday off day and a Thursday off day, and then they'll be going on the road. They have Milwaukee next weekend, and then they go to Detroit. So a three-city tour upcoming for the Cardinals. A home game for them this afternoon, a one fifteen start against the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's going to be called by Mike Shannon and John Rooney. Joe Pott has the pregame coming up after the noon news, and he will lead you up to our Ameren Total Access at 1220. Our thanks to Mike Schilt, to John Mosellock, to Carolyn Kindle-Betts, and producer James O'Sullivan. I'm Tom Ackerman. Thanks for joining us on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.